in that moment when I started first painting with the cremains, before I did my first stroke of the brush on the canvas, this whole spiritual realm opened up. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. Our guest today is Ali Suto. She communicates with angels. Ali is guided by angels to paint with human cremains. She has also had two near-death experiences. This is her story and this is her passion. Ali, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. It is such a pleasure, my pleasure to be here. I really, really am grateful, Louisa. Thank you. I'm really excited about this interview and I love your paintings, but what I'd like to start with is angels and your incredible connection. But what are angels? I feel like when we think of angels, we think of beings outside of ourselves. we incorporate our religious or spiritual beliefs into it. And I do feel like those are filters for what we see and experience. So if we come from a very church oriented religious background, we might see angels as a certain way or spirituality universe background, we will experience them a different way. And I believe that they are this high frequency, beautiful essence of energetics. And however we see them with wings or in white or female, male, it doesn't really matter. That's our own filter. And I believe that angels will come into our life when invited and only interfere when we are making ridiculous choices that might accidentally end our life at the wrong time. (laughs) Um, And I do believe that the higher our frequencies are, the closer and uh, the communication will be with them. So I think that often people will pray for angels to come and help them when they're in really low frequency, poor feeling. And then they wonder why they're not there or they create a mind state of them being there. Does that make sense? And then the higher frequencies we are, the better we feel, then it's easier communication. So if you, if you think about our body being at, let's say ground zero, a level here and angels are up here, it's kind of depicted in my, in my painting and we're down here screaming for help. It really takes, I believe in my own personal experience for us to lighten up a little bit in order to really communicate because we are, I believe we're here for, to figure it all out for the most part to really the, the biggest help we get spiritually and energetically is from our own column of light in our own spiritual sense. When we're really, we're conditioned to look outside of ourselves, we're conditioned to pray to angels outside of ourselves. And then sometimes it doesn't work or they don't show up or we don't get the help. And we're like, what the heck? I'm not getting the help that I want. Should I question God? Should I question angels? Are they really even here? And then that perpetuates this conversation. And really, I think it's as simple as being here screaming, for help and not, and there's just too much of a distance in between. Imagine you're in a room and you're screaming for help from somebody's in several rooms away and all the doors are closed. And you're like, well, why don't they hear me? I'm screaming so loud. So I feel the best time to communicate with them is when you're feeling 
you know, higher level and bliss. And I really do think that recognizing that we're here to figure it out ourselves and then our own connection spiritually, our own spirit, having more emphasis on the angel within us, the angel within us is a, the doors are open in the house. Does that make sense? That's, that's my relationship with angels and, um, and how we get to communicate with them. That was beautiful and very clear. So how do the angels communicate with you personally? Well, this shows about you today. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, whenever, I mean, what's the best way to say this? I feel like there's so many layers with the spirit world, many dimensions, many ways to communicate with loved ones, angelic beings, My own personal journey is that angelic beings are this much higher frequency. I I cannot stress that enough. So when loved ones pass, they can be an angelic form. Um, They can assist us and help us and, and speak to us. And that doesn't necessarily mean they've crossed completely over from my own experience. So the communication is really clear. They're kind of about right here. And with angels, it takes this, uh, that's why people sometimes when you're meditating and you're in a higher frequency, whenever I'm painting, I have created rules with the spirit world. You're allowed to come in then. And the spirit world always wants to communicate with us. It doesn't mean it's a good thing, meaning um, that's more of souls that have passed over. And with the highest frequency of angelic realm, they're more observers in my sense. And they come and participate and communicate through the paintings when I'm in this, you know, when you're creating and you're just in this sense of bliss and you feel like everything's just flowing through you. That's what it feels like to be in a higher, a much higher state of frequency. And so that's when the doorways open and they're able to come through and they paint with me. And when I have a client who says to me, you know, I really want to speak to my angel guides. I want them to be in my life. Then we, we open that doorway between their angelic and celestial team, my angelic and celestial team. And they communicate through that. And through all the years of clearing that connection for myself, then that comes out onto the painting specifically for them. So I don't know if that answered your question through painting is, is one of the rule sets that I have that I say, okay, we can communicate then. And you may say to yourself, well, why would I even want a rule set? Why wouldn't I want angels to come and be with me all the time? Because the naivety of this experience of being a human is really important. We learn so much by figuring it out on ourselves. If we came down to take a test and we knew all the answers, it wouldn't be nearly as exciting. We wouldn't get to figure things out ourselves. We get to solve problems, experience emotions, taste, touch, all of it. And the angels are there. Really, they'll come down when not asked when you know, you take a left-hand turn and this truck's coming towards you and it's not really your time. And you, you get pushed along a little bit further and they're like, whew. But as far as like everyday living and meeting your soulmate and things like that, I don't believe that they come in and, and meddle at all in our business. So this is a way for them to communicate through the painting onto the canvas so that you can have something that you feel that omnipresence of love 
to remind yourself that we are of love. We go back to love. We're from love. We are love. And this human experience is just a colorful, dense way of experiencing so much. There's so much beauty here, even in the crying and the anger and the frustration. And so if they meddled all the time, our lives would be more like, oh, that was, no, 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 that was great. Thank you. So you talk about raising your frequency or vibration. What's your advice for people to connect with angels or the guardian angels? If you notice whether you're religious or not, you go into a beautiful old church and you can just feel this beauty that's there. So they imprint what I feel is a frequency that will elevate us without really having to try. If we're consciously trying to raise our frequency, we start with the body, which is often not talked about in spiritual connection. We start with the body. It is the most, so we start from the base up. So if you practice yoga, you start from the base up. If you planting plants, you start from the base up and it grows up from there. So I believe that the cleaner our vessel is, then the easier it is for us to ascend into a higher frequency and feel better, feel more radiant. So what does that look like? Because nutrition is probably the most confusing subject on the planet and really developing your relationship with your body is going to develop your relationship with your spirit, is going to develop your relationship with your um, angelic frequencies. So you start at the base, just like we're on this mother earth. Mother earth is an amazing way to fuel our frequencies, to raise our frequency. She pulsates at the most perfect high frequency. Everything is beautifully chaotic beautifully grown. It has the right amount of this and that in different seasons in order for her to blossom and grow. So we're the same way. So how does she do that? She has a relationship with herself. She'll start forest fires needing to, in order to clear the way. So there's just different, that's this, that's an example of her relationship with herself, with the sky, with the sun, with everything. So as we create a relationship with our own body, then we're able to raise a frequency. So think about the times when you've been eating really healthy and what works for your body. There's not one sense. It's not like, oh, be vegan or be paleo or be anything. It's what works for you, where you're living and your season. And we've all had moments where we've been eating healthy. We feel good. We're exercising. That's not stressful exercise. It's radiant. That feels really good. And we just feel more connected. So that's the first step. Start with your body. So often spiritual practices will start outside of the body and you leave your body, focus on the space. Well, we are the antenna for that experience to connect with the angelic realm and have that energy flow through us, through our eyes, through our heart. So we have to start with the body. So I hope that makes sense. And then the second, the second way to fortify it really is to be in nature So if you love to meditate or if you just like, you know, you go for a walk and you're like, oh, I feel so much better. It's because the frequencies you're inhaling are from the earth. So we're inhaling frequencies through our food. We're inhaling frequencies from the earth and we start to naturally raise our frequency without really having to do anything or escape anywhere. That's the number one thing I see that is a, is a, is different from the way that I 
guide people how to connect with their own angelic frequency. And in this experience of connecting with the earth and with your body, you're also connecting with your own column of light rather than outside of yourself. So when we get outside of ourselves, we get off center. And, you know, you can see from the light in the painting, the center column is the most, it's the freeway to the heavens. So we have our own innate freeway and sometimes blocked by our unhealth of our body, the unhealth of our mind. Nature helps with that without really having to do anything and realizing your own beauty connection through love, through, through this, if you even just visualize it, if you just sit still and you visualize that column of, of light, it is like a freeway. So it's different than escaping your body, meditating somewhere else, focusing only on angels outside of there, God outside of you, whatever the universe out, everything's outside of you, but really it's all inside of you. You have your own fast freeway. So as you develop that relationship from the ground up, I believe it is the fastest way. And anytime my stabilization, my, my ground, my, you know, eating holidays, all of that stuff, it's like, okay, I'll be a little more earth and not quite so connected, which there's a beauty there too. So anytime that I go in to paint with the angels, I'm very dedicated to my health and yeah. Oh, by the way, your skin's going to look good, but that's not the point. It's a spiritual connection. Ah, oh, I'm feeling a little off. My mind is really crazy busy. Go outside, stand at the window, stare outside, breathe in fresh air, go out into the cold, go out into the sun. And you just notice, oh, I feel so much better without really having to do, do anything or go outside of ourselves. Thank you. And just for those that don't know what you mean by the column of light, what, what does that mean? Um, the column of light actually can be depicted in so many different spiritual pr principles um, with the chakra system, the kundalini light. Um, you see the angelic halo. So there are many different Buddha glows. There's many different ways um, that you can connect to that. And I would say that the simplest, even prayer hands, you're, you're in the column of light, right? Without uh, taking the spirituality part of it, when we are centered, we are actually connected to the column of light. So I find um, there's a really simple exercise that I learned from this wonderful man. His name is Mas Sajati. And he talks about something called spatial referencing. And I love how he describes when we get centered, we are automatically in the center of light. So Eckhart Tolle talks about the, the presence of now or the power of now that's being in your center light spatial referencing taught by Moss is looking at an object and then noticing a part of your body that really pulls you into the center of light without having to over conceptualize what it is. Because the minute we're overthinking something, we're outside of our body. So think about a moment when you're driving and you get lost in your thought and you can feel your body, you go outside of your body, you go into some river of thought consciousness, or you know, you're overthinking something and you bump into somebody and you're like, oh, I wasn't even here. Right. So when you're in the column of light, you are as present as you possibly can be. And that to me is the most easiest way for us to stay in that column of light 
without conceptualizing it. That's why when our bodies are healthy, we want to connect with our body. If your body's really unhealthy and doesn't feel good and you're whatever that may look like for you, you don't, you want to escape it. So that's why we start with the base is because it it's, it feels like home. So that spatial referencing of like noticing the couch and then feeling the tip of your chin and going back and forth really brings you mm, notice the taste in your mouth. It's a little bit different than the power of now of just be present. It's such a vague, large statement to me. I like spatial referencing that I learned from Moss and it just puts me in that column of light. So really, when we notice and we observe what we are noticing, um, you notice what you notice and you notice in grand, great detail, you'll notice when you're off and when you're on. And the best way to get on and to get centered is to just notice when you're off and when you're on, because our natural way of being is in the column. I'm feeling very, very centered right now. (laughs) Thank you for that talk. Now I have to talk about your incredible paintings with human cremains they're amazing tell me about them and how you're guided to paint them it is such a sacred experience to paint with human cremains and i realized that my life had unfolded in perfect order in order for me to create the sacred space to do so So much like many people, my life in 2020 was upheavaled and I have always been a creator. I have always like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm creating (laughs) it's, it is creative in everything that I do. And so that's also my center column. That's also where I feel the, you know, at home and the yummiest. So when everything was upheavaled, I uh, went to creating and I started creating feather sculptures. And because I'm I'm an artist in my soul, I started buying canvases and I started buying paints and I I wasn't really thinking too much about it. I'm like, oh, I've got art supplies. That's just kind of who I am. And the minute I decided to use my piled up stock of paints and canvases, the first painting and angel appeared without starting from the structure of it, without starting from, I'm going to paint some angel wings. I just painting because it feels really good. And then I made the relation that the way that I feel puts me in my center column and those messages are able to come through in an impression of a frequency of angelic beings on the, on the canvas. I was surprised. I was like, Whoa, are those, is that, are those wings? And immediately the painting started selling, which I knew that it wasn't so much my, you know, Picasso technique. It was a frequency that was being impressed upon the canvas that people were feeling and people would have responses of crying and apologizing. It was a mixture of joy and overwhelm that they were experiencing. They would receive their painting. And I have so many beautiful videos of people crying and apologizing and not understanding why they're feeling that. And I put, I realized that when I connect to the center column and the angelic frequency comes through and it's impressed upon the canvas that people are feeling that purity of love that has nothing to do with circumstances, that has nothing to do with intentions. It just is. So I was hanging up one of these paintings in a salon 
And this woman came up and she was crying and apologizing. And I said, oh, it's okay. It happens all the time. And she said, I've had my daughter's cremains in the drawer next to me, um, next to my bed for a couple of years. Would you be willing to put them in a painting? And without hesitation and in that holy instant, I just, I knew that my life had been unfolding to create these pieces. And in that moment, when I started first painting with the cremains, before I did my first stroke of the brush on the canvas, I thought my marketing mind was like, this is really great marketing. And why don't other artists do this? That question was really important for me to notice and to say in that moment, because as I started painting with it, this whole spiritual realm opened up and I immediately realized, oh, it is, this is, this, this is why spirits come through with messages. Spirits come through with experiences. They come through with energetics. They're like, it's almost like, oh, finally open the door so I can speak. And it, I had to learn very quickly that rules need to, need, needed to be put in place. Like you can speak to me during this time. You cannot speak to me during that time. So if you're ever having an experience where you're like, oh, I see people who have passed. I see, you know, maybe you call them ghosts and it's overwhelming. You can have firm, healthy boundaries with them. And what I mean by that is like put them outside of your house. You are outside of my house to come nowhere near me with a very firmness. And sometimes it needs to be reiterated out loud because they like to come in. They're like, oh, there's a, oh, this person can, can have us, ha, uh, this person can be our voice. So you have to be really firm. And I realized that the soul, the people that come to me for a painting where I incorporate the human cremains into the wings there's a, a guidance from the person who's passed on the other side that says, hey, we still have some healing that need to be done. And this avenue of the painting is an amazing, perfect way to do so. So I'm going to tap on to Allie's soul and I'm going to have you guys coordinate and have you see these paintings. I have no idea. I was just happened to be online one day and then I saw she painted with human cremains. And then it happens. And every time the soul says to me, I brought them to you because the person will come to me and say, I, I don't know how I found you. <laughs> I just happened to be, I never, I'm never on Instagram and I happen to see you. And so it's that it's a collaboration of the spirit world and the physical world coming together. And the, the one common thing that everybody says is it created a healing. I didn't even know I needed for both sides. And I also was just doing a little bit of a read up about you, but you also do pet cremains as well. Yes, I do pet cremains and those, the picture is usually smaller. Um, and those, it, it, maybe this is a good segue to talk about the two inner, the differences of the energies of the souls on the other side between pets and humans. So pets are what we perceive them to be purity of light and I think in that essence, they're will, they're willing, they're almost like little angels, you know, when they're here um, and in that light, noticing when we, the one message I get from the, from pets is that 
there will always be a bright light, always happy to see you always. I mean, cats are a little bit different. I've only painted dogs. I think people kind of see their dogs a little bit uh, different than they do their cats. So interestingly, and bring your cats on, I'll paint your your cats and I'll let you know the feedback um, because I only like to speak about things that I've done. So with dogs, they are bright lights and they really take on a lot of our crap. So we go to pets for therapy. We go to pets because we're sad and we're dumping all that energy on them. And they do transpire as much as they possibly can. And I think that if we're just a little more aware of that, nature can take on a little bit more of that circulating energy for us than a, than a living being can. Um, so that's the message I get from them is like, yes, we are light beings. They don't have the same mental capacity as we do. So when they pass, I don't get the same messages that I do from humans. Um, that is one message that I do get is just, can we be a little bit more aware of dumping all of the sad energy into the pet, which is a common thing that we do. Like, I'm sad, come here, you know, and they, they know it. They come to you, they, they cuddle with you. They want to make you feel better. And I don't think that humans have an awareness that there's an energy cyclical thing that's happening with humans. Each soul that has come to me has had a different message to give to the living person. One of the biggest messages that I've had is that if we don't connect to our center column, if we don't have a spiritual practice, if we have the assumption that lights are out or that we're just in bliss when we die, we're not acknowledging that when we're here, we're living, and maybe you don't make it all the way up here, you might go through stages. And I feel like a near death, ex my near death experience was much different. And what I've heard on many, many stories is different. It gives you the illusion that you just go to this amazing light when now that I've been painting with cremains, I have a different understanding that the person that's living, that was the closest to the person that's died, there's a strong cord tether that's keeping them in a, a realm that still needs healing. Does that make sense? So we, I think at generally speaking, we feel Oh, my, my mother died and she's around me all the time. And it's so amazing when I'm not sure that's so amazing for both people. There's a, yes, of course it's wonderful. And this is where I, like, I hesitate to even share this because clients love the idea that their mom's around them. But what if they found out that wasn't the healthiest way for them to have the relationship and that the mother isn't able to actually ascend to a higher frequency and have a healthier relationship with you? So there needs to be healing on both sides, both ends. So through the painting and, and being able to be with the painting, you are connecting with their purest sense of their light. That's non-circumstantial. That's not how they died. That's not how they lived. That's that column of light, the highest, brightest, brightest sense of who they are is infused into the painting. And I think that's why they're able to have a healing they didn't even know was possible. Because I believe my psychic, if you want to categorize it as that, my psychic gift is connecting with that highest, brightest light of the person who's passed and infusing it to the painting. 
and their soul isn't stuck in the painting and you know they're it's actually the opposite they're able to cross over in an awakened state because if we don't die an awakened death we are more here and then i believe we come back so if we have if we die in awakened state then we have a choice of whether we want to come back and our relationships with our loved ones here is a lighter, more angelic, higher frequency rather than, Oh, I know my mom's here. Oh, I smell that perfume. It's because they're not very far away from the human body. And those are the messages that I get all the time. Some things I can share with people. Some things I can't, some are really funny. Some people are really funny when they die. And some people are in anguish because they realize they can cross completely over, but this person that's lost their son or daughter or, you know, whatever the relationship with is, has a complete shrine. Nothing's changed. Imagine that tether, those binds and tethering and pulling this person not very far from their body. It would be, it would be a very painful place to live. And that's why after these experiences, my own personal experiences of painting with human cremains and the messages that have come in, I really believe that's why mediums are so easy to connect with people who've died because they haven't died in awakened death. They haven't fully crossed over and they're all around us. <laughs> Unless you have like firm boundaries, get out of my house. My house is very clear and clean. Um, but that's also, you know, I had to learn from experience and having spirits blow on the back of my neck and freak me out and upset me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this, but if they're not trying to harm you, they're trying to get energy. They're just there. They, if you, you know, when you work out your body creates energy and heat, so they don't have that same way of generating energy. So a lot of mediums are physically unhealthy. You can see it's a common thread. You can see it with a lot of well-known um, and it's not to say it's bad or they're doing it wrong. It's they're really opening themselves up and they have all of these spirits that are kind of feeding energetically off of them. So there does become a crossing point where that energetics, you just, oh, has that fully fueled, beautiful purity of love energetic. And then the closer you get, the more we need energy. We have to eat to have energy. We have to exercise, we have to hug, we have to cry. We have to do all these things that could generate energy, but because we're so dense, we're able to do so. And if you're just a few clicks above it, you're kind of in, in between and it's not purgatory. You know, I don't want you to kind of visualize it as that. It's just the way that we've been conditioned to die and talk about death. And it's not in an awakened state. It's not because we're not living an awakened life. And I do believe that with the way things are shifting, the painting of the cremains couldn't have been, it's a perfect timing to talk about it. It's a perfect timing to talk about what does it mean to have an awakened life without having a spiritual bypassing pseudo awakened life. That's a whole nother conversation. And what does that mean when we die? How does that affect us when we die? So when your loved ones truly cross over and awakened, fully crossing over, you feel light and you feel like you can always communicate with them and they're at a higher frequency. It's a kind of difficult to describe, just like the messages that come through is not necessarily full sentences. Eh, sometimes they are, but a lot of it's a sense. Um, that's what I'm really coming to understand from my own experiences of touching the cremains. They're allowed to give me a message 
putting them in the painting. They're allowed to paint with me. And then when it's done, even if it's in my room, they're not allowed to be anywhere near me or give me any messages or anything like that. So I have open door closing rules. <laughs> yeah, no, always set boundaries. It's really interesting. Um, just a final question for those that don't have a painting, is there another way to sever that cord so their loved ones can transition to the higher realms? Yes. I believe that intention is everything in this human world that we live in. What is our intention when we speak? What is our intention when we eat? What is our intention when we have relationships with certain people, with ourself, with the earth intention, I feel is at the core of the purity of love, because I can say something nice, but my intention is for myself to feel better. That's not going to have the same outcome is if my intention and I say something nice is to really be of love and kindness. So if you want to have your loved one cross over properly, your intention of helping guide them, of visualizing, of coming into your center and knowing that you want to allow them, it's a, it's a form of letting go, but not forgetting. It's a form of visualizing for them to, to find the light for you to guide and help them find the doorway. If you will, you can have visualize visuals of that. You can have intentions of that. And like I said, in the beginning of our talk, when we're of higher frequency, we're able to connect to the angelic and the higher frequencies a lot easier. There's less of a distance. So you put yourself into a higher level of frequency. And then you also have that intention. I love you. And I release you. And let's find the door together. Because normally the intention is I want them next to me all the time. I'm so sad they died. It's completely understandable. And if you understand, if you also realize that it's healthier for them and for you for, for the crossing to happen, you don't necessarily have to have a painting. It's more of a putting yourself in that light, beautiful column and guiding them. And there's many other techniques and things you can do, but I would say this, that would be the short answer. What would you say to those and many people are that are afraid or terrified of dying? That's such a wonderful question. And I, I really believe that that question there is the reason why when people have near-death experiences, they come back saying, it was love. It was light. It was the purity of all amazing, wonderful, beautiful experiences. Imagine if we lived, and some of you may live, a life terrified of dying and terrified of living. It has that tether of as above, so below. If you get a taste and a sense of knowing that we are our own spirits, not outside of, not the angels, they're all there, but our own soul, spirit, connected and of the light, and it actually helps you relax and have faith that what you're experiencing is divinely guided. So I really believe that most all near-death experiences, if not everyone I've ever listened to, is a demonstration of the light. 
And I believe that when we actually die, it's wonderful that we don't know. Um, and knowing, I think that there's, um, Dolores Cannon really talks about the difference between near-death experiences and dying. And near-death experiences are these benevolent, beautiful, oh, it's amazing. And I come back and I say, oh my God, we're connected to the light because we really are. And a death experience, the tether to our physical body is severed. And so I believe you're, oh, wow, I'm not looking so good. Because usually when we die, <laughs> our physical body is shifted in a way, even if it's a peaceful, quiet dying. And you're like, oh, and I believe that often our first thought is, why was I so serious? Because when you're of the light and love, the messages that come through through the cremation paintings are all about that. Lighten up, people. Lighten up. Like figuratively, literally, lighten up. So when we have worry, it's constricting. And it's so much easier to just say lighten up, right? It's so much easier to say, you know, you don't need to take things so seriously. When that is your intention, when that is your focus through what you eat, through the way you interact, what's your intention? Is your intention worry, stress? Is your intention, I'm curious, I'm curious, I'm curious how to lighten up. Then I believe that you, we are also guided we are also that doorway. We're a higher frequency. Curiosity is a higher frequency than worry. You just feel that in the, what I'm saying. So I think that is what I would say. That was beautiful. And, and of course, there's always other options and possibilities. Always, always. Ali, thank you so much thank for being you. on Passion Harvest. Just your openness and honesty and the incredible things you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe for weekly passionate inspirational interviews.